You're listening to episode 135 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two two-comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. I had to fill you in on this because I think it might be exactly what you've been hoping for. So we just reopened the doors to our exclusive Maverick Mastermind because we've been getting requests for it for a while now, and we are accepting applications again. But here's the deal. This mastermind in particular, it is next level. We bring in industry leaders and experts, the ones that you admire from afar, so you can have direct access to them to help you scale your business. We have an entire curriculum we're walking you through that is going to help you change the game of how you grow your business. No more spinning your wheels, feeling like you're wasting time and money. We're going to help you become known as the go-to expert in what you do, help you nail your clarity. You will know exactly what you're called to do and how to do it, increase your visibility, help you build out your next irresistible offers because that's huge. It's going to increase your cash flow, your income levels, your overall impact that you're making. Have access to the people that you want to connect with, in-person retreats with them too. And we're really into teaching you high-level marketing strategy, stuff that's going to stick, list growth strategy so you're talking to the right people, the ones that are primed to buy what you have to offer, and helping you get the right new connections, publicity, land interviews, speaking gigs, direct access to me and my team, my incredible operations director and amazing integrator. And our Mavericks have done more in six months' time in their business than most people do in years of navigating this on your own. It is fast tracking where you wanna go. And masterminds have been the single most powerful tool for growth in my business. It took me from five to six figures in the beginning years ago, and then from six to seven figures. And it is something that I love walking people through because it's so incredibly game-changing. We keep this community really tight. So if you're serious about growing your business and doing it in a way that's in integrity with your values so you can make the impact you want to make, but I believe that there's so much more to success and that's going to be making sure that you're also building in a way that gives you the time freedom so you can be with the people you love while you make the impact you want to make in your business. This is it. So don't wait because we cap this thing. We don't accept unlimited people. So you can apply at elizabethhartke.com forward slash maverick or check in the show notes and you need to apply so that we can schedule a call to see if this is the right fit. Ask whatever questions you want and see if this is the right thing both ways. I want to help you build a business that is in alignment with the vision that you have for your life. No more winging it. We've got the blueprint. Let's do this. When I was down in Puerto Rico at the business mastermind that I'm a part of, I had this incredible opportunity to meet and connect with some 
unbelievable people and entrepreneurs. And at one point in the day, we were we were doing roundtable discussions in smaller tables. And I heard this familiar voice from the back of the room coming from one of the other tables. And I'm sure when you hear this voice today in the interview, you will have the same moment I had in Puerto Rico where I legit whipped around thinking, wait a minute, I know that. Wait, that's Jill Stanton. If you don't know Jill... You're about to. She is the co-founder of Screw the 9 to 5, a legendary online brand that helps people quit their jobs, start online businesses, and break into the six-figure-plus-a-year mark. Screw the 9 to 5 was coined by Forbes, just a little publication, as a destination for up-and-coming online entrepreneurs, and it has inspired, myself included, tens of thousands of new entrepreneurs to quit their jobs, make that bold move, build a thriving business, and live lives of meaning and purpose. That's why I had to have Jill on the show. She speaks my language. She and her hubby Josh are just awesome, and they have an amazing and adorable little boy named Kai. And today, you don't just get to hear Jill's incredible come-up story about how they built a thriving seven-figure brand, but you get the breakdown of how to build a thriving community that is, get this, primed to buy. We like that. And we go into detail on her genius idea of leveraging pop-up groups for launches, challenges, list building. After you listen into this episode, because I know that you are going to love it, take a screenshot of the show and tag me at Liz Hartke and Jill at screw the nine to five and share it on social with the, the hashtag I'm scaling up because we want to see where our go-getters are. I know you are going to just obsess over this episode as much as I did. Get ready to take notes. Let's get to one of the most secret sauce episodes yet with the hilarious and brilliant Jill Stanton. The long-awaited interview with the lovely and quite sarcastic, which I much appreciate, Jill Stanton. Jill, I'm so excited to have you on the show. So welcome to Scaling Up. Thanks so much for having me. Sarcasm? Nah. Not, Not this girl. No. <laughs> so I'm dying to talk about what our focus is today. You are unbelievable at creating and cultivating community and really a community that's primed to buy. Mm. But I want the backstory. For years and hopefully the least creepy way possible, I've been following your journey. <laughs> and it's it's been awesome to see, you know, your content come to life and impact that you're making through screw the 95 and the podcast and all the different things that you're working on, but close to a decade now since you kicked all of this off. Is that right? Eight, eight years. So close enough. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. Right. Um, a decade well, last, minus two. <laughs> yeah. The last few, once you have a kid, like a couple months feels like a, like, dude, year. I saw, I saw the meme on IG. What a year this week has been. And I was like, that's mom life right there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so walk us through it. Like give us maybe a little bit of a timeline and the journey because most of our listeners know who you are, but they might not know like all the WTF moments of your journey, like how oh you started God, this so whole many. thing with like <laughs> skincare. Like how do you go from mm -hmm. talking about face peels and building all these websites to where you're at now? Like just walk us through it because it's too good not to hear. Yeah. I, when I met Josh, I was a bartender and I was doing a web TV show or I just finished a web TV show called 20 something, which I'm so glad that was when you could still erase things off the internet Oh my god! because, oh my God, I would die if it was out there right now. Because I actually, it was I have it on Blu-ray and I sell it bootleg. <laughs> 
well played. <laughs> but it was all about dating, sex, and relationships. So let's just leave it there. I'm so You're glad right. that it's gone. <laughs> anyway, so uh, when I met Josh, I had just finished that show and I was gearing up to move to Australia to do another web TV show. Um, a travel-based one and it was sponsored by the Gold Coast Tourism Board and like a van company called Wicked Vans and like just had a bunch of balls up in the air with that. But I didn't really know like how to not work for someone else. I just knew I didn't want to. And then I met Josh and he really opened up my eyes to the world of online business. I had no clue this stuff existed. Like I, I honestly, I was a bartender for 10 years when I met him. Um, and then Fast forward a few months later, probably about six months into me living in Australia, and I pitched, I was working at a bar, <laughs> shocker, um, and my my boss at the time had heard about my web TV show and was just interested in my ability to market on social media and do video marketing and all that kind of stuff. And so I kind of saw, saw an opportunity there, and I pitched him a like this comprehensive package. I had no clue what I was doing. Right. And I was like, it is $5,000 a month and it's for three of your venues and all of this and I'll make videos and I'll come in and I'll book tables through Twitter and I'll master Foursquare and I'll do, there's this new thing called Instagram. And, you know, I just kind of threw things at the wall and he said, yes, which I was just like, what? And then I was the minute he signed the contract, I was like, oh, BTW, I quit bartending. <laughs> I only want to do this now. And that was my first like profitable business. And it was going so well. And I had all these clients and I was making great money, more money than I'd ever made at that point. But then I'm trading dollars for hours, tweeting all hours of the day for all of these bars and restaurants. And I'm watching Josh launch an online course and do like hundreds of thousands. And I'm like, what? is like, what am I doing wrong here? Mm -hmm. I hate what I'm doing. And it looks like he loves what he's doing. Um, and so right around the same time, I started getting disenchanted with what I was doing. I wanted out of service-based businesses. His business partnership fell apart and we were talking about it. And he was like, well, what if we start a site together? And I was like, yes, let's totally do it. He's like, and I was like, what should we do? And he's like, I was thinking a skincare affiliate site. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. What's, what's an affiliate site though? <laughs> like I had no clue. And so he really taught me, he got me my start truthfully. Like he was my first mentor, even though he was my boyfriend at the time, he really opened up my eyes. He taught me how to write for the web, um, how to build an audience, how to build an email list, like all of this kind of stuff, how to get traffic, SEO, keywords. Like he was he like threw me in the deep end. Um, and so, yeah, for two years, we had a skincare site and a beauty site and a weight loss site and a high heel site, personal hygiene supplements. Like we had over 30 different websites all monetized through affiliate marketing. And after the first year, really, once we replaced our income and we were about to move to Thailand and all this kind of stuff, people started asking us like, well, how are you making money? Like you guys aren't working you drug dealers, what's happening here. And it was actually on our wedding week um, in Costa Rica. The day before all our guests arrived, we were having some rums on the balcony and we were talking about moving over to Thailand and how we wanted to share this story. And we were just talking about like, maybe we should start a travel blog. What would that look like? And Josh like, well, what would we call it? And then thanks to rum, I was like, screw the nine to five. And then oh my both God, of us I were like, oh, I wonder if that's available. <laughs> 
And so we registered and we kind of sat on it because we didn't know what to do. We had only ever had sites where we were not the face. Like I didn't use my name. I had my face on there because I did videos and pictures and all that kind of stuff. But it just never felt like it was me putting myself out there. And so we didn't know what the hell to do. And so we kind of struggled for the first year. We made like, I don't know, I think like 1800 bucks the first year or something. Launched a course, sold absolutely zero dollars. Um, lost 5000 truthfully. Um and then just kind of use that as the biggest lesson and the biggest blessing that it ended up being and used it to do a left turn to start teaching what we knew was screw the nine to five. And that was affiliate marketing. Um, and then from there, everything started to roll for us, but it was really like, I mean, it's been a roller coaster of WTF moments and, <laughs> and falling flat on our face. And like, you know, when you like trip and you're like, Oh shit, hope no one saw that. That's what it felt like for the first year, first five years of entrepreneurship for me. So it's really just been a process of that. I think people forget that though. Like when they see someone in the limelight doing really well with their business or producing or teaching or whatever, you know, we don't get to see like the up and coming moments mm. and like all those face plant moments, but they're the, mm -hmm. they're your greatest teacher because they, mm -hmm. they show you when you need to pivot. They tell you where your heart's at. Like you know, you just kind of gave us evidence that you pursued, you, you switched from spinning all these plates with like multiple different businesses and good income coming in to screw the nine to five, where you guys essentially had one of those face plant moments and mm -hmm. did not make any money on it and kept pursuing it mm -hmm. because it wasn't about the money. It was about where you guys were being led and, and kind of what the market was starting to ask you for. Like people wanted to know what was up. So at what point in the process did you start to notice or I guess it's, did you start to notice community was building around the concept or did you intentionally start to build community around Screw? Um, we started noticing, especially in 2014, because we had launched our first successful program, thank God. <laughs> uh, actually two, we had Lifestyle Affiliate, which was teaching affiliate marketing and then we had Screw You, which was um, our digital program turned membership site. But in 2014, I think I started noticing like people are calling themselves the screw crew and that kind of stuff. And they like two whole people came to a free meetup we hosted and, you know, like people were starting to reach out on social media and listening to our podcast and responding to our emails. And I was hustling to get on other people's shows and to write guest posts for other sites and all this kind of stuff. So I noticed it starting to build momentum in 2014. And then in 2015 was when we opened up our free Facebook group. And I feel like that was one of our most clutch moves in the beginning stages of our business, because that group in the first year of it grew to um, over 20,000 members. And so it That's just amazing. was like, all of a sudden it was like, boom, <laughs> like one of those like uh, confetti cannons when it was just like, boom, all of a sudden all these people are here and it just kind of put us on the map. Um, and then ushered in a whole bunch of new mistakes and lessons yep. and wins. Um, and it's just been ever since then, like really prioritizing community building, but now in a way that works for us because our free group got to the point where it just got too big, which sounds crazy, but it just got too big and it lost its charm and it stopped serving a, an intentional purpose. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of felt like we were putting all these resources and effort and time and energy into maintaining something that wasn't really moving the needle. And while I'm a big believer in community, it wasn't even intentional around that anymore. So we shut that down and now we do pop-up Facebook groups. So it's, they're yeah. very intentional and time-driven, like they're finite 
And I love those because everyone's hyper engaged. Everyone's super into it. We get to show up in the best possible way. And then we all peace out after like two weeks. So I really love it. I want to pick your brain on the pop-up groups because I've seen you guys doing that stuff. But before we hop to that, for the people who are kind of either considering starting a Facebook community or nurturing one currently, Mm -hmm. I know that was something that ultimately um, you went in a different direction of for the long-term group. But would you say it's something that you'd recommend people start with? Like, is that where a lot of the community got built in the first place? I think Facebook groups are so clutch in the beginning of a brand. Mm -hmm. They help you build brand awareness. They help you get to know your your audience members. They allow for a two-way conversation. They allow for just like transparency and honesty and connection and relationship building and you getting to know them. Like that was one of my biggest... Uh, wins I ever did straight out of the gate was I was I'm like a stage five clinger if you've ever like hung with me in real life I always want to know like all the things and I have a elephant's memory and so wait do elephants have good memories they have good memories okay got it yay Jill (laughs) but um I am like an elephant then (laughs) I just remember random facts about people and so anytime someone would come in and introduce themselves I would want to get to know them more and then I would ask like what do you need or where are you feeling stuck or where are you feeling stumped and then I would make a connection to them with someone in the group if it was Mm -hmm. relevant and so I was always trying to foster connection and that was such a biggie because that just solidified a family feeling in there, um, which is how like the term scroopies came to be because our members were like, I'm a screw groupie. And then it became scroopies. And then that became a thing. And yeah, so it's just really been in the beginning of your business, assuming you actually want to have a Facebook group. I think people think, oh, I'll just start a Facebook group and it'll be easy and fun. But then you get into like the minutia of it and it's a lot of moderation and a lot of bandwidth. Um, so I always say, just make sure you actually want to facilitate a community for free for people before you go in, you know, go off the deep end and create one because it is a lot of time and energy, but so worth it in the beginning if you feel called to do it. Is building engagement around a, a Facebook community, like a long-term Facebook community different or same principles as when you're running a pop-up shop? I would say it's actually quite different because a long, like a 24 seven group, you, you constantly need to change it up. Mm-hmm. Like with our finite pop-up groups, they're typically around a promotion. And so a lot of that is catered to what's coming up. Um, so for example, we have a new pop-up group that's starting around a challenge that we have called um, design and offer that sells itself. Or maybe we're thinking of playing with the title. But anyways, that's the general idea of it. Um, And so people will come into that. And so all the conversation, all of the training, all of the conversation prompts, everything will be around the purpose of, you know, the transformation that that challenge and group provides, which is designing an offer that sells. And so everything will be tailored to that. But in a 24-7 group, you kind of have to mix it up, cater to different interests, spark conversations. You have to change your theme posts. Like you have to mix it up and constantly keep reinvesting into it. Otherwise it'll flatline and it'll just kind of fall, like just kind of get meh and mediocre. And no one wants to engage with mediocre. Um, And so I actually believe that it's probably more time consuming and more moderation um, needed to do a 24 seven group for sure. Yeah, that makes total sense. So in a 24 seven group, what are some, like any quick tips before we move over to the pop up group? Because 
I know engagement is the biggest struggle for people mm-hmm. in this department. They feel like exactly what you said, like they get in there, they're in over their head, the group starts to fall flat, they're regurgitating the same info mm-hmm. and people are getting bored. Or I've seen people like commandeer the group and they start changing the culture of the group, you know, not the people running it, but people mm-hmm. members. And it's like, that didn't get, you know, facilitated properly. So any uh, words of wisdom or like, avoid this or you must do this when you're running a group to keep that engagement up? Well, I actually think it's smart to spot the stars, the ones who are going to show up and serve the hell out of your group. And yes, I know they're typically doing it out of a a motive of wanting to get visibility for themselves, but those people lend, lend something to your group. They really do like increase the value of it because they're showing up and sharing their thoughts and all that. I know a lot of group owners get triggered around that because they're like, no, it's my group. But community is not just about you. It is about your members. And if there's a person or two people or three people who really show up and serve and they never make pitches or anything like that, like you can tell what they're doing, but it's still massive value. I always allow those people to shine because it adds value to the group. Um, And what was the other part of the question? Like, like how do you re-engage it or how do you just get engagement in general? Yeah. Just some like general engagement tips. Yeah. I think you showing up live is super clutch. Um, allowing people to get to know you, being honest, being transparent, being vulnerable, sharing stories, shining a light on others, celebrating wins. Um, I think if you can show up and serve in relation to helping people overcome roadblocks or struggles that they're currently facing. Um, I love the idea of doing like a live coaching session or a live Q and a either once a week or once per month, whatever your schedule allows for, but just anything that you can do that allows them to get to know you because that's what Facebook is. It's a platform for connection. At least that's their intention. Um, And so anything that you can do that allows your members to get to know you and builds trust with you, like they can see that you have the answers and you can help them achieve a specific transformation. Man, I think that really sets you up to be poised to make offers in there and get more people in, build this strong community and this this group of believers. And that just supports you in so many different ways through just audience numbers, you know, sharing, being evangelists, when you go to make offers, tagging other people in, you know, there's just so many ways they do a lot of your marketing for you, especially when new people come in asking about like, Oh, I was thinking we used to get this all the time. I'm thinking about joining screw you. Has anyone ever joined it? And then it'd be this like tsunami of, of screw you members being like, Oh my God, this and this and this and this and this. And they would essentially do the selling for me. So that's where groups can become powerful as well. But it really needs you to be a leader. Like you need to show up and own the space, right? Like you need to take control and you need to, um, just show up and serve really. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. I've seen you guys do it. And I think the differentiator that I've seen in your groups, I, I was in your community back when it was up and running and everything for a while. And it, it was always like the difference between what I saw in your group and other really big groups by really big people was the heart that you guys brought to it, I guess. It was like, it, it didn't feel like premeditated content. Mm-hmm. It felt like showing up based on what your people, that community needed and, and doing it from that place of a servant's heart. And that was something that always stuck out to me and why I want to pick your brain on this today, because it's, I think some people want like the strategy and mm-hmm. they think it's uh, universal and like use this phrasing in your post and, and then put a poll up and it'll get this level of engagement. It's like, just keep a pulse on your people. 
mm-hmm. and give them what they need. And, and from that, I'm sure you guys crafted so many different things based on that group of people, your ideal people telling you exactly what they want and need so that when mm-hmm. you go to sell them, they're primed because they just told you, please create this for me. I ran polls all the time. Mm-hmm. I was always running polls. And even just for like sales funnels, we were thinking of creating or content we were thinking of creating. I used it for ideas around content all the time. Like mm-hmm. I'm, we're gearing up to do our next podcast batch. What do you guys want us to teach? You know, it's just like, it's such a shortcut because yeah. instead of me trying to think like, what do they want to learn about? I could just go directly to the source and curate the biggest themes or specific questions if they keep coming up and then create content around that. It was, it was so useful in that respect. And then for offers, absolutely. We yeah. would just post like, what's your biggest struggle when it comes to blah, blah, blah. And then we would just roll with the one that got the most results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like such a no brainer. And then I yeah. go back and I'd be like, Hey, remember that poll I ran asking you guys what you were struggling with? Well, you know, 78% of you said blah, blah, blah. And so here's a giant blog post on how to do this. Mm-hmm. And that would be the top of the funnel for us. And it would trigger this cascade of like then turning into leads and then into customers. And so that was our method from going from free group member into paying customer. Yeah. So perfect. So let's talk about these pop-up groups. So Mm. they're typically geared towards something coming, a launch, um, you know, challenge that you're running. So walk us through how you run them. Oh man. Okay. A loaded question. Like I know this is a- Where do I start? (laughs) Right. Okay. So for the, we've run now three free, one evergreen, and this is about to be our second paid. So we've done a, a slew of them. Um, so I would say that the free ones are very different to the paid ones. The paid mm-hmm. seem to have a bit more logistics into it, um, just because you really need to nail your messaging and the promise and the structure of it. Um, so where would you want me to start? Like from idea to hitting go live? Yeah, I think the even just like a synopsis of like, you're obviously announcing this pop-up group, what, via, are you ever running ads to it? Are you ever just putting it in your stories? Like you're trying to funnel people into this group because within the group, that's where the magic's going to happen, but you obviously got to get them in there and collect their emails and all that. Yeah. So it's the one we're currently doing is a, we're testing out an idea and we're going to run it twice before we run it for a promotion. Mm -hmm. And so right now I have not sent it out to my audience at all because I want to iron out the kinks first. And so it is just cold traffic to a challenge sales page, which is like never something I would ever suggest anyone do (laughs) before this. And now I'm like, Oh shit, we're doing it. So we're learning a lot of lessons there. Um, It's wild that it's still self-liquidating. And so that's beneficial um, because really with paid challenges, the bonus of them is self-liquidating off the front end so that you can make your money off the back end offer once you've got, because here's the difference. Here's what I love about paid challenges versus free challenges. One, it's a customer acquisition game versus just a lead builder. And Mm -hmm. I don't really care all too much for just free leads. Like uh, they're great, but I actually just want to work with people who are serious and want to get results and are willing to put their money where their mouth is. It's a extra level of accountability for them. It makes us want to show up better and we go even more all in on creating fantastic experiences. So there's a a difference for me, I think, between free and paid. Um, Also, I think a big thing that you have to consider is like, what is the transformation people can expect from a challenge? That's the biggest thing. Like what 
is the benefit or the result they will get once they've gone through these three days or five days or whatever it's going to be for you. Um, so the current one that we're testing right now is called design an offer that sells itself. Now, the reason we're doing that is because we're in quite turbulent times right now. People are freaking the F out a bit, but I also know that there's a whole lot of people who are about to dip their toes into the world of entrepreneurship and they've probably never sold anything online. And so we're trying to kind of get in front of the people who are wanting to test this out, but they don't really know what to sell. And so we're helping them design an offer ta-da, that sells itself. And so then we can move them into now, okay, how do we sell this thing? And that's like a one-off workshop or an accelerator mm -hmm. or something like that, that we'd sell. So really being intentional with the topic of your challenge, getting clear on the transformation is key number one. And then making everything in your challenge congruent. So from pre-party till the end of like our bonus masterclasses, everything is being designed to give a transformation and to agitate the next gap. And so the transformation is figuring out how to create an offer that sells, right? But then the gap is, well, how do I sell it? And then that's when the next step comes in. Yep. Does that make sense? And so if this is for a launch of yours or an affiliate promotion, you know, this is my first challenge I've ever run that wasn't for an affiliate promotion. It's just for our own thing. Um, and so really being sure that everything's congruent, I think is the biggest thing and that there's no disruption. Everything is like clear on topic and purposeful. And then the beauty of pay challenge challenges is you are working with buyers and buyers are buyers. And after you've built that level of trust with them and you've rocked their world for, you know, five to seven days, then you have their captive attention. They trust you, you have a relationship with them, and then you can show them how you can help them take it to the next level. And so that's, that's personally what I love about challenges is they're hot and heavy. They're finite. They're heavy on the engagement. They're heavy on the coaching. They're heavy on the ahas and the breakthroughs, and then they're money makers. And so, I mean, for our personal like company values, they tick every box. Yeah. So when you have, um, just more curious side thought, when you run a paid challenge, what general price point are you aiming at? We're doing 37 right now, but I'm definitely keen to just test. I mean, if someone's going to pay 37, they'll probably pay 47. Right. And right. so just like playing around with that kind of stuff, um, playing around with bonuses, upsells, this is the first, like we're into day two of driving traffic right now. And I would also probably, honest to God, I would have much more of a runway in the beginning, like nurturing people, warming mm -hmm. them up, getting in front of them before ever going like from ad to joining a paid challenge. But right. the things you learn, this is why you test, right? Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. So when you get them in there, is it like, because it's a finite time, are you just massively over delivering? Yep. Are you just focused on strictly on the content or are you in there like, you kind you and Josh know like for the next two weeks we're like psychos and we're putting a ton of time into this group basically yeah um we don't do a lot of comments in the beginning our first two I was like I need to answer every comment but that's just not that needle moving like mm -hmm. yes I want to answer the questions like the valid questions and stuff but and I want to cheer people on who are having wins but just for like little niggly questions like our community manager can handle that kind of stuff or someone on our team can handle that kind of stuff. Or if it's just like cheerleading kind of responses, like way to go, you finished that kind of stuff. Like I don't need to, Josh and I don't need to be in the weeds, right. in the trenches doing that kind of thing. Our biggest thing is being on it's face and voice, like coaching and creating content for people. 
So when you're, obviously the goal of these pop-ups are to position and tee up whatever the offer is going to be towards the end. So talk about that. Like Mm -hmm. you're starting to get to the close of this thing. What are you doing to position the offer? I see it all the way through. Like I never, especially with affiliate promotions, that's my biggest one. Like if I'm being blatantly honest, um, we are figuring out all the kinks of these two first challenges before we run it for our promotion for business by design. That's our biggest promotion each year. We love the program. We love James Wedmore. And so essentially we're finessing our pre-launch model in order to front load that promotion. And so when that happens, like in this challenge right now that I'm running the first two before the big one, James is in that, like I'm shooting content with him for that so that people can start warming up to him. They can start getting to know him. I'm seeding BBD all throughout it. And then with our challenge offer before business by design with the first two, I know I'm getting so confusing right now, but essentially we're running the same challenge three times in the lead up. Yeah. But the first two will have our own offer. The third will have James's offer, but the first two will be our sell your offer accelerator or whatever we're going to call it. Right. So, um, all throughout that, we're talking about like, now that you have your offer designed and you know that it'll sell, you have to figure out how to sell it. If you want our help with that, you know, you right. obviously will make it a bit more compelling <laughs> than that terrible intro. But, um, we're just constantly seeding it. Like the importance of knowing how to sell it and having a plan that you can go back to so that you stay on track with it. That's being seeded all throughout. Right. And I assume that a big part of what you're speaking to and those gaps you talk about are the fears, objections, doubts that they're likely having, you know, Mm -hmm. being in this group, knowing that what you're working them towards, like almost being their hype squad of helping them through those those mindset blocks. And that's why I love challenges because it's on you to get them clarity and a transformation and get results. Because if you don't, then you kind of just sabotage your next offer. Right. And so it makes you show up and serve, which is what I personally love about it. It like gets us on and thinking on our toes and into action with people and, you know, scrappy. Um, So I love that piece of it because it makes you bring your A game so that when you do go to pitch something, it's a no brainer for people because they're like, well, shit, if I got this for $37, I can't even imagine what I could get for like 400, 500. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was having a conversation the other day with our mutual friend, Kate Erickson of Mm. Entrepreneurs on Fire. And we were geeking out on just funnels in general. Okay. So like top of funnel, what are we doing to produce that major traffic coming into our business with the right people? Like you mentioned, because I, I'm not particularly interested in attracting anyone with a pulse. I want people that, or a pulse and a credit card. I want the (laughs) right people that are going to get the transformation because they become, you know, your, our version of scroopies, you know? Yeah. Um, so do you, is this your most powerful tool right now for top of funnel stuff? Like these mm-hmm. pop-up groups, or are you doing 100%. some other stuff? It is. No. It's one. And once we got clarity around paid challenges being a thing, because it really worked for us in our last promotion with John and Kate, actually, um, our paid challenge was like our saving grace for that. And that was a real light bulb moment for Josh and I being like, ah, this is where our opportunity is right now because we love groups. We love challenges and I love when people pay for them. (laughs) So let's combine all the things we love and our strengths and make this more of a standardized thing that we do in our business. So I think um, 
starting, well, starting with this one and then into the end of 2021, we'll be doing a challenge pretty much every six weeks. Wow. That's amazing. Mm. And I just love how you guys are constantly innovating. You know, like I think a lot of people, uh, entrepreneurs sit and wait to watch what the next entrepreneur is doing Mm. and then try and you know, hopefully adopt it early enough, but there are a lot of late adopters. Yeah. And instead of just, you just have done a, such a good job of paying attention to your people and then creating based on their needs. Like that's essentially how a business thrives is solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And you guys are doing that through creative ways, but it's not mm-hmm. like, it's nothing, I don't know, like it's, it's doable. This is stuff that anybody can do. Facebook, 100%. you know, you can run these groups for free. Like there's, 100%. you know, you 100%. can collect payment on PayPal. Like you don't have yeah. to be all formal no. and, and high end. So I just, you just love need you a way to, thank you so much first yeah. off. And I just want to reiterate, all you need to make this work is a way to collect payment and a way to deliver it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you're right. A Facebook group is free. Right. People are very used to them the, you know, they're just so useful in that regard. And then like you said, a PayPal button. I mean, it would be helpful if you could create a sales page, if you're going to charge for it, of course, but you're right. You could be as scrappy as a PayPal button and a Facebook group. And then one thing I just want to clarify is I spent years watching other people Mm -hmm. and trying to copy it. And it just was second rate because it wasn't our ideas. It wasn't what we wanted to do. And once we realized that, like, what if we just stop fucking around and do what we want to do? things just got easier for us. Imagine that. So um, just really trusting ourselves that, you know, we know what we want to do and how we can help people and we know what they struggle with. And then just like having blinders on, like, I really don't know what most people do for their marketing. I watch a little bit of it, but Mm -hmm. if I watch it as, as closely as I used to, before I really had the confidence to create my own stuff, I would never take action because I'd be in constant comparison mode. Totally. Me too. Mm-hmm. I have to really, like, there are certain people that I totally admire in their work. And when mm-hmm. I'm in personal creation mode, I have to like stop consuming their content because I'm yeah. like a squirrel. I'm like, oh my God, that's great. And that's great. And that's great. I'll me try that. too. And it's like, just do the work that you know that your people need. Um, so one of, I just feel like this is like, well, in real time, I don't know exactly what date this will be airing and when you guys will hear this and what we will be going through at the time. But in real time, we're quarantined. Like life is really (laughs) freaking weird. Um, People are going through some tough stuff. And one thing I've heard you say before is uh, something that I certainly live by as well is live life on your terms, um, Mm. no matter the circumstances, you know? And I think I heard you say it in reference to like when you became a mom, like Mm. life's not going to shut down because you became a mom. You just you pivot and you do what you still want to do and and live life on your terms. So give people a little, um, just words of encouragement during this time Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, there's, there's shit happening to us, but we're still responsible with what we do with it and how we play our cards. hundred percent. This is the biggest time of opportunity. And I know that sounds insensitive to some, like I've certainly had people be like, you should take this more seriously. (laughs) And I'm like, I am, but I am also not willing to put blinders on and not see that it is a massive time of opportunity. And in crisis and chaos, some of the biggest opportunities are born. And so I refuse to not acknowledge that because I'm just so lit up by it. I feel like this is our time as entrepreneurs to really step up and shine for people and to serve and to help them with the 
exact problems they're having right now. I think there's so much power in a lot of the pivots people are doing right now because no one saw this really coming. Like we saw it coming, but not blindsided like we all got, you know? And so I find it so inspiring to see how people are pivoting their content they're creating right now or their offers or, you know, the stuff they're putting out there or how they're, how they're showing up for their members or their clients or their customers. Like even in our coaching program, Shift to Six, when this all, when the fallout first started happening and things started closing and people were freaking the F out. Josh and I just did a four hour live with all of our coaching call clients and just went live with every single person and walked them through the opportunities we saw for their business in this moment where they could use what's happening and use it to serve their people in an even bigger way and make offers because the last thing we should, we should be doing is stopping selling. Like that's yeah. fucking mission critical, you know? So, um, I think just, I find it really inspiring. And I really do believe that you need to do you like you really, I, I learned that from becoming a mom. Mm-hmm. I used to have so much, like such a fear of judgment around, oh my God, am I saying this right? Am I, is this stupid? Should I be doing this? Should blah, blah, blah. Like all the things that I would just torture myself with. And after I became a mom, it was almost like all the F's just shed off me. No more <laughs> and I just left. had, <laughs> Yeah. And I just had this like renewed confidence to do things how we wanted to do things. Now that doesn't mean it didn't come with a lot of pain. We had a good like four months of misery. Like I say, we were wading through a river of misery, trying to figure out what our life looked like post baby, not the family side, the business side, because all of a sudden after we had a human, everything we had built no longer felt like it matched our values. It felt like we don't want any of this anymore. (laughs) And so by the end of that year, after Kai's like at the end of 2018, um, we shut down everything that was no longer serving us. Um, and we kept our podcast, our email list and our social media and everything else we closed, um, just to kind of hit the reset button and build something that mattered to us again. Um, and I just really encourage people to, to just realize that courage is the first step with no matter what's going on in your life, whether it's the crisis, whether it's the economy, whether it's you having a tiny human, whether it's your business kind of taking a pivot, whatever it is, like your confidence is built after having the courage to go for it and doing it over and over again. You're not expected to have confidence right away, but if you keep showing up and you keep doing it and you're willing to fail and fall flat on your face or make a mistake or learn or have a massive amount of success. Like I really believe that you can make magic in your life, but it first starts with having the courage. Oh, totally. And I'm so glad I asked you that because I want to highlight the fact that you pointed out that you guys like shut all of the things down that were working, that yeah. were producing, that were bringing Making in. Making all of our money. Right. <laughs> and because it wasn't in alignment with, mm-hmm. with this new vision for your life and with what sat well with your soul. It's like, I don't care what's coming in. Mm -mm. If this isn't the right thing and it's out of alignment, it's out. And I love that level of courage in people because it's, it's what leads them to their like next big breakthrough, you know, it's agreed. So, and I really believe, um, Ed Milet said this once and I was like, I will tattoo that on my forehead. And he said, um, the quality of your life is determined by how much uncertainty you can handle in any given situation. And I was like, that's pretty effing true because I didn't know we had no clue what we were going to (laughs) sell. We were just like, we're going to take a year off of selling our own things and just sell everyone else's. Um, and that space and the grace we gave ourselves to figure it out is what informed our next moves, which is now playing into 2020. And so mm-hmm. I just really believe that fortune favors the bold when you choose to kind of take a leap 
and align yourself with stuff that actually matters to you and stuff that lights you up and plays to your strengths and allows you to show up and shine. I really believe like magic will flood into your life when you get into flow with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like even, like I said, we shut down and like you said, we shut down everything that was making us money, including our membership site, which was doing like over $330,000 a year for us. And we're like, okay, bye, (laughs) you know, and then made that in nine weeks the year after. It was just like such a mind (laughs) F because I never would have expected that level of like just results (laughs) after a year of uncertainty. I feel like once we sometimes when we build stuff, the pivot is really hard because we almost start to get capped by our own perception of what our potential Mm -hmm. is. Like we've created things that we thought were our potential. We thought that was our purpose. And then when it doesn't feel right, it's like, I got to keep trudging through this because at some point something told me that this is what I had to do. And now it's feeding my family where really like you, like you just said, like you made in nine weeks, what you were making in a year's time on that Mm -hmm. membership site it's because you uncorked that next level of potential in yourself and, and we're bold like that. So, um, and I just really believe if you know how to make a dollar online, you're good. Yeah. Like exactly. if you've ever sold something online, you now have a repeatable skill that most mm-hmm. people do not have and you are good. Like Proof you really, you will always find a way to take care of yourself. If you're resourceful and you're not afraid to create stuff, yo, you're sorted. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. Okay. So now the most important question of the whole interview, people get out your notebooks because this is. Oh God. (laughs) Um, Josh's accent. Can you teach my husband how to do that? Oh my God. Is it like, why? (laughs) It's not even right. He doesn't even pronounce words. (laughs) And it's, and it's totally fine. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when I first there. met Josh, we were set up on a blind date. And when I first met him, he was living in Beijing, China at the time. And he was such a hipster. And he came out and he was wearing like cobalt blue jeans with a red, black, and white plaid shirt. And I was just mm. like, what the fuck is this? And I was just like, mm, hey, Josh. And he's like, oh, good day. And I was like, Sexy what ever <laughs> josh is hot <laughs> oh my god i love it he wanted nothing to do with me though i eventually oh. came over but he wanted he wanted nothing to do with me well you wooed him <laughs> uh jill this has been so incredible thank you so much for all your wisdom and your just nuggets of gold throughout this interview i know our audience is going to eat this up and i just i love that all the things we covered so thanks for for coming on giving us your time and you're the best i so appreciate it and let our our homies know where they can come hunt you down homies homies i love that um also Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad that we got to briefly meet and connect at Selena's Mastermind. Um, yeah, so screw the nine to five.com, all spelt out, no numbers. Same with Instagram at screw the nine to five. And then our podcast is over at the screw show.com um, or just search us on iTunes. Everything is screw the nine to five. Like okay. I have zero creativity. Everything is screw the nine to five. So you can find us if you just search that. Perfect. I'll link everything in the show notes, but thanks again. This was, this was just pure gold. I'm going to be going back and re-listening <laughs> my notebook in hand. Thanks for having me, girl. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies 
freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.